If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. If you like today's episode, join me at narctroopers.com, where you will find my podcast collection. You will find articles that were published on medium.com. There's over about 120 right now, and a video vlog and other information about personal coaching. Today's topic is called Mental Illness is Contagious. You know, I just finished a lecture that was super long, probably about an hour and a half, by Dr. Sam Vaknin, and this was my second round. I listened to it once and didn't really internalize all of it, so I listened to it again. And he was talking about this very thing, how after a relationship with a person who has NPD, they have essentially co-opted your brain, and you have this um, internal voice inside of you that is not yours. And it stays with you, and unless you address it, and know that it's in there, it lingers for an indefinite period of time, maybe years, maybe forever, and which is really scary because this is something right out of science fiction or horror, the whole idea that someone can enter your brain and just take over. But that's kind of what happens. I'm going to make a whole other episode on that later. For right now, we're going to specifically talk about how these um, personality disorders could be positive adaptations um, in a world where survival is the end game. Let's think about that. If we live in a world where survival is what it's all about, right? Um, And getting ahead and um, doing anything to get to that ahead kind of place, um, then it's sort of rewarded, isn't it, um, in our world? The whole um, cluster B narcissistic psychopath, it's like they are praised for being strong and the kind people who actually have empathy and morals and conscience um, are a lot of times perceived as weak. So we're living in a topsy-turvy time, folks. <laughs> And I don't like it because up is down and down is up. And it's like we're down the rabbit hole with, you know, Alice. So um, let's get started. The deeply ingrained survival instinct that we all have is hardwired in all human beings. And um, throughout time, we've adapted circumstances in ways that would ensure our survival. If you think about that through, you know, the eons, we have learned to 
do what we needed to do to survive. You know, animals do that too. Positive adaptation, sometimes called psychological resilience, in this case is a psychological system of coping skills that are employed by people who are faced with traumatic events. This therapeutic coping um, system, it's a coping system, um, meets adversity and stressful situations with an adjustment and is hopefully uh, a positive thing, which increases emotional resilience and survival. And that's why we, we do evolve and change and do what we need to do to survive. Clearly, you know, right now we live in a time of mass trauma. Collective trauma is the actual term. And it's the psychological distress that a group of people, usually an entire culture, community, or another large collection of folks, they experience it together in response to a shared trauma. In order to impact the group, the whole group, the entire group, such traumas are usually devastating in their cope and impact. Some examples of this collective trauma include war or occupation or other military conflicts, terrorist attacks, pandemics and epidemics, recessions and um, depressions, economic collapse, um, genocide and religious persecution, racial trauma, misogyny, apartheid and class-based violence, mass killings, hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, tsunamis, and other natural disasters. Yeah, lots of those recently all over the place, right? So what if all these things and more are causing many people to adapt in what has previously been known as maladaptive, dysfunctional, aberrant and pathological ways. You don't want to have that, right? So what if our coping skills take us to a dark place where qualities like ruthlessness, selfishness, decadence, depravity, competitiveness, and a complete lack of compassion, morals, remorse, or accountability are the qualities that are extolled, rewarded, and held in high esteem? What if we lived in that place. Don't you think we kind of do? Seems like we do. Um, so enter the mass creation of a growing population of cluster B personality disordered individuals. And this is in response to this collective trauma that we are experiencing, perhaps. It's just an idea. Um, and this trauma it, well, the sheer number of pathological narcissists, antisocials, and psychopaths has exploded around the globe. And you have to keep in mind, you know, that when they try to track how many of these people are actually out there, they don't go get help. So how would they even be on the radar? How are they diagnosed? It's really hard. And I think you just have to know when you know that you know um, is part of it. It's great if you can get a diagnosis, but these folks are so good at their false persona, they usually end up 
gaslighting, manipulating, and exploiting their therapist into thinking, you know, through the blame shifting and revisionist history and confabulations and magical thinking, even your sharpest therapist might miss that and think, oh, well, they're the victim, they're poor thing, and just totally miss it. I'm telling you that happens. So there's probably a lot more of these people with cluster B disorders than we know or realize. Um, it seems like as a culture, even on a global scale, that if these are the things that we hold in high esteem and we respect people who have these cluster B qualities, like ruthlessness to do anything to win, so you can just say, I'm winning, I'm winning, <laughs> you know, if, if that's the world we live in, then of course people will rise to that, to that challenge, to that expectation, to that, to that quality, which is um, something that people value and think is a good thing to have. So, um, you know, this is different from the other kind of trauma, but the, the, there's, it just seems like there's more. I know that there's more. There's reports of it. You can see it. You can witness it, you know, just in politics alone and in other um, parts of our society. You see growing numbers where you know that these people are lacking basic humanity. You know that there's something seriously flawed with them. You know that just from watching what they say and do. And yet you maybe don't let that get in the way of supporting whatever it is they're trying to get done. You know, the, the means justify the ends. Have you heard that? So no matter what it takes, no matter what unethical, unscrupulous, horrible thing you have to do, as long as in the end you, you achieve your objective, then it's all good. So um, people that are in power, groups seeking power, and counterculture has amassed a collection of high-functioning, malignantly, malign <laughs> malignantly disordered people who do not possess a working core to guide them. And at, at, at the heart of things, at the epicenter with these types of individuals who are mentally unwell in this way, they have no core. <laughs> At the core, there is no core. That's easy to remember, right? So just think of it that way. At their core, there is no core. Um, so we, as a society, seem to be unmoored um, without our rudders. Sorry for all the uh, aquatic uh, maritime metaphors they're maritime metaphors um i found this on the web oh no siri don't talk to me now um okay so <laughs> he thought i was talking to him um so we're without our um without our anchors our rudders our sails our our north star to direct us that we've always had by having morals and virtues and and families as the nuclear center of life and institutions, churches and schools as the center of life. We don't have any of those things anymore. And so we are drifting 
in the tumultuous seas of discord and darkness. Mm -hmm. um, I think we are. We are just out there. And if modern day collective trauma is the catalyst for us to kick into survival mode, it can be inferred that these attempts at positive adaptations to ensure our sur survival are showing up in corrupt and perverse ways. We are giving birth to a culture of victimhood, right? And it is deformed and twisted and tragically flawed, this thing that we're giving birth to. That's a horrible thing to think about, but we need to think about that because we are creating and shaping something brand new and giving birth to it, and it's not okay. The thing that we're getting, it seems like we've lost something really important. Pathological narcissism, antisocial personality disorder, and psychopathy are thriving in the world around us. They just are. Got to know that. And um, if there were ever a time to have a cluster B disorder, I think it would probably be right about now because they can leverage that for power and success in ways that they never could before. So um, according to the most prolific and inarguably insightful expert in this field of study, you know who, Dr. Sam Vaknin, he posits this idea. We have created civilization where some types of personalities do better than others. And these behaviors are rewarded. In recent years, more and more people are embracing the characteristics of narcissists and other cluster B people. And more and more people are developing malignant pathological narcissism. That's what he said from the mouth of the expert. Um, and he is. I trust everything he says. He is spot on. If you're not listening to him and you're wanting to understand this very deeply on a very researched, scientific, academic, medical, psychological level, you need to add him to your rotation because I'm telling you, you know, I listen to him every day. Um, he is my number one uh, trusted expert on the subject. So, um, the numbers that we currently have in regard to the number of cluster B disorder people, there just can't be accurate because much like any kind of vermin, um, think cockroaches, okay? Um, if you see one or two, you can rest assured that, um, you know, there's going to be hundreds of friends and family cockroaches in the walls and uh, under the floors or just wherever you can't see them. Cluster B do not seek help because their disorder serves them well, right? It, it is um, their disorder pays off for them and works for them in beneficial ways. So why change? You know, um, they do not believe that there's anything wrong with them. And then, and then, like we said before, all of the with the blame shifting modus operandi, it prevents them from taking accountability and genuinely wanting to be reflective or seek any kind of treatment. So they just don't. Um, 
So they're never going to take a, any kind of responsibility or accountability for anything, for any of their misdeeds or the harm that they cause. You know, if they're always the blameless victim, the good guy that everyone always mistreats, then why would they ever go seek help, right? Um, so they fly under the radar, undetected, undiagnosed, wheeling and dealing and causing great harm without ever getting tagged and placed on some statistical chart or watch list. Um, so make no mistake, the numbers are growing, and this is a global thing. Um, and all over the world, we are accepting these beautiful beasts, and some of them are very intelligent and very gorgeous people, um, and that works for them too. We know that. Um, the world shouldn't work that way, but it kind of does. Um, so therein lies the danger. Um, you know, the, the, is that what I want to say there? Yeah, I do want to say that it, therein lies the danger of mentally sick and emotionally bankrupt people infiltrating all levels of our society and they're exalted as strong alpha males and females that should be emulated for always getting what they want, regardless of the nefarious and unethical ways that they get it. That is applauded these days. And ethics and uh, all of that, morals, it's just it's a moot point. Nobody really, a lot of people don't think about that anymore. So it's all amplified by positive reinforcement and natural selection. You know, this is the message being conveyed. Narcissistic psychopaths end up in the White House. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Uh, and nice guys end up disenfranchised and even homeless. I bet you're wondering which, which person I'm talking about in the White House. Mm, take your pick. I'm going to venture to say probably all of them for the last, you know, few presidencies have probably, they're narcissists. They are, are narcissists. I don't know that, but I strongly believe that that's most likely true. No exceptions. Um, and they use it well. They use it really to their advantage. Obviously, they wouldn't be in the White House in the first place. Uh, and the nice guys, you know, they don't get anything. <laughs> they end up homeless, living in an RV um, over there by the park or worse, you know, um, it's a lot worse places than living in an RV by the park. Actually, that might not be the worst thing that could happen to you. Um, so with messages like this broadcasted daily, um, what would, what would a person choose to emulate the weak person or the strong one? Um, so if, I were young, looking for a role model. I don't know if I didn't have anybody telling me that these people are emotionally and morally bankrupt. I would think, hey, well, they're getting what they want. They've got a huge number of people who adore them and follow them blindly um, in a cult-like kind of way. So, you know, maybe I should do that too. Why not? Yeah, I think that they must be onto something. These people must know what they're doing. Wouldn't that be the conclusion that you would draw? So everybody wants to become an abuser. 
Nobody wants to be the victim. You, 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 people are choosing to be the abuser. There's also something called mass psychogenic illness, which is now widely recognized. And in the DSM manual of mental disorders, it can be a positive adaptation to threats that surround us. Um, and it's like when the whole culture is suffering from this um, thing that they're suffering from. So what causes it mass psychogenic illness or MPI? Let's just say that because it's, wow, it's a mouthful. Um, it involves the spread of illness symptoms through a population where there is no infectious agent responsible for contagion. It is the rapid spread of illness signs and symptoms affecting members of a cohesive group originating from a disturbance involving loss or alteration of function. We see this in uh, numerous contexts throughout the world. Modern society knows loss in many forms, and we have lost our systems and our structures, like I mentioned before, and the anchors that keep us grounded. Like I also talked about in the past, we had the family, the church, things that we could go to for strength for to fortify ourselves that are just not there they're broken broken um institutions and systems um these were the anchors that kept us grounded in the past um and so now with the dissolution of the family unit the failure of education and health care the collapsing economy um the inability to ever attain the american dream through hard work and meritocracy, um, the withering of the church and the loss of a moral compass. All of these things have put us in this sinking boat. <laughs> We're in a sinking boat surrounded by narcissists. Okay, so clearly, along with the loss of trust and um, reliance on broken systems comes an alteration of function. There aren't enough people to make things run smoothly. Obviously, we see that every time we go try to get a chicken sandwich or um, go to the bank or do anything. It's just, you know, there's like there's nobody there hardly. They're understaffed and, and the people are that are there a lot of times are confused about what they're supposed to do because they're temporaries or new hires or something. You know things aren't working as they always have, that things are kind of broken and messed up right now. So um, there's this skeleton crew of stressed out and overwhelmed workers everywhere you go. People are forced to do different jobs for different reasons and fulfill different roles with one another. Um, the narcissist and their primary partner parentify each other, for example, because their real parents couldn't do it or wouldn't do it, so they have to do that with each other. Social contracts are null and void, and all faith in something to come along and save us has transformed into the suspicion and this whole doomer mentality. We're all screwed. We're all going to die. Conspiracy theory, fill in the blank, right? It is times like these that are ripe for all kinds of unsavory things to rise up and seize the day. They say in terrible times, if you look back at history, that's when fascism and other horrible things were born as a response to those very difficult 
times that people were experiencing. Um, conditions such as these create a climate that breeds all kinds of terrible things, exploitative predators like narcissists and psychopaths. Yep, I think that's right. You see the move towards extremism and the far right in countries all over the world. And guess who is rising with them? Yes, you guessed it, the narcissist and the psychopath riding the wave. And, you know, the far left and the far right, the extremes on both sides are just, um, you know, that in itself is a sign that stuff has gone off the rails, right? Uh, common sense, um, causal, causal um, consequences and, and uh, just, I don't want to get into all the politics of it, but um, there are many things that show us right now that, that, um, that narcissists and psychopaths are kind of taking over and, um, and they're winning, right? Um, the masses sanction it. They do. They sanction it. They glorify it. They, um, they elevate it. And if that doesn't constitute mass contagion, contagion, like a disease or um, pandemic or illness in some way, I don't know what would. I don't know what would qualify, right? The causes are insidious and invisible. The consequences are destruction and annihilation. We need to think about that. You know, my original assertion holds true. Mental illness is contagious. And right now, it is contagion. Um, it affects the masses as they gaslight themselves into believing the depraved and savage actions of a cluster B disordered figure will in some way benefit them as well. It infects the minds of the cluster B people as they become more and more delusional and psychotic over time. And it infects the victims who step into the fantasy bubble long enough to be consumed, cultivized. I don't know if that's a word. Um, co-opted. Lots of C words. <laughs> consumed, cultivized, and co-opted. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Losing their integrity, their dignity, and their minds to the narcissist and the psychopath who devoured them like a cancer, like a horrible disease. It is like that, everybody. It really is. That's what it's like. And we surrender to it. What narcissistic abuse does is it ravages the brain. Um, in a blog published on Psych Central, narcissism specialist Kim Saeed wrote, Narcissistic abuse acts like traumatic stress and can lead to post-traumatic stress disorder. Studies suggest that long-term traumatic stress affects the major parts of the brain, the hippocampus, the prefrontal cortex, and the amygdala, just to mention a few. So a long-term relationship with a narcissist, antisocial disordered person, or a psychopath can actually damage your brain and make you mentally and emotionally sick. Yes, it is. That's not just a theory. It has been studied for decades now. Yeah. And 
And that's the conclusion. You know, if you're with a sick person, they're going to make you sick, too. And it's way more complicated than what I just said. Like I said, that lecture I listened to today was amazing. I listened to it, um, took up a chunk of my free time today listening to that thing. But it was so worth it because it was really, really, really good. The Dr. Vaknin went about the serpent's voice. It's like an hour and a half long. Uh, the narcissist serpent voice, as in serpent, you know, the serpent in the garden. That that serpent is like now in your head, uh, which is um, terrifying to think about. So anyway, we so uh, we don't want to think that they make us sick. Who wants to think that? We ignorantly defend them confidently deny it and we refuse to accept the reality of what is transpiring all around us i i know you feel it you see it in the glassy stare of the people who shuffle through the grocery aisles or line up to get on mass transit you see there's been a shift a change uh it's just out there in the collective consciousness of the world right now that something's off something's wrong and that we're lost, floating at sea. Um, and you can just see it. You can just feel it in the people. You hear it in their voices. You can watch bits and pieces on the news. And, you know, they're not even telling us all the news. You know that, right? What you do get is all twisted upside down and sideways. And, and there's just so much we don't know. There's so much we don't know. So don't be blindsided. Something's wrong. Something has changed. Something is coming. Do not be blindsided. I was blindsided. Happened to me June 19th, 2019. 18th and 19th, 2019. I was blindsided. That, that sucks. Sucks so bad. It's already happening, this whole thing that, you know, there in the distance. You can see it. I should have seen it. You should see it now. Massive, colossal, immortal, ancient, it slouches towards us, grinning and smirking with the stench of a million demons. The narcissist and psychopath are only symptoms of a much bigger disease. The only hope of stopping it is to slam on the brakes before we get any closer to the cliff and back away slowly until we get to safety. <laughs> it is impossible. To do nothing. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. We are doing nothing. Many of us are doing nothing. It's We think it's impossible to, to know what to do about any of this, right? Um, and because of that, um, we don't want to admit what's happening and take action to turn things around, right? Um, so it is the invisible pandemic, this mental illness that's infecting so many people. It's spreading out of control. Mental health issues are a big thing in, in schools. I'm a teacher. And right now, students' mental health is like number one on a long list of things. People are all worried about their child falling behind in math. Look at the world around you. Is that even going to matter? 
like the way things are going, um, their mental health is crumbling. They are tired. They are exhausted. They are feel defeated and hopeless. Yeah. I, I teach high school and I see it and they talk about it and, and that's just them. The rest of the world is experiencing something similar too. Um, we're experiencing this collective consciousness in response to stacked collective trauma. Um, it's a very sick state of being right now, I think, in our world. And our attempts at positive adaptation are failing to produce the changes that are beneficial that we so desperately need. Cluster B disorders are multiplying in response to all the necessary adaptation for survival. It's become almost like it's a good thing now to be mentally ill if it's if the if the characteristics and qualities of that mental illness make you fierce and fearless. <laughs> yeah, you're fierce and fearless because you're off your rocker, but people look at it and say, "Oh yeah," and they give you snaps and post you on TikTok. The populace is helpless to stop that. We need a new kind of awakening. We talk about the way that people are woke. I don't know about that. I think that there's another kind of waking up that is more important, actually, that needs to happen. Sorry, I'm not saying that it's not important, whatever the agenda is here. Sure, there should be equity for all human beings. But so often we overlook all the different parts of equity. We just focus on one or two, the loudest, the squeakiest wheel. And we ignore that equity is not just about Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ and the rest of that. Um, it's about social uh, income disparity. And it's about ageism and the elderly being so... Um, so minimized and, and thrown away, so disposable and just ignored and left to die is how we treat our older people in our, our world, and at least in this country, and disabled, handicapped people. That's an equity issue, that they have equal opportunities and equal treatment and no bias, uh, you know, when in the workforce or in schools or absolutely uh disabled um people the um what is the new word for disabled it's the um uh not abled not um alternatively abled that's what it is sorry i had to think about that for a second and i heard somebody in a recent uh webinar zoom meeting i was just attending it i was just a participant and they were using that terminology, alternatively abled, kind of like homeless people are now unhoused. I mean, it's just a matter of we're making up all these new words and you better get it right and say the right word to describe what you're talking about or the political correct police will come get you. And I think it was a, a person who was alternatively abled who said, we don't really like that. Could we're just, can you just say we're disabled? Because there are things, you know, that we can't do. Like we can't see, we can't walk. It's okay to say it, that we are disabled, that in certain ways we have a disability. 
that doesn't mean that we're less. That doesn't mean that we should be treated differently. Doesn't mean any of those things, but it's okay to name it, stamp it, and to say, I'm disabled. <laughs> so we can go off on all of that discussion of equity. What does that really mean? There's so many components to that. And I tell you what, folks, my whole point in bringing that up, mental health is an equity issue. That should be front and center. Because if you don't have mental health and if you don't have a populace, a civilian group of people, the masses, if they are mentally unwell, unable to deal with anything because they're so troubled and having such difficulty just functioning and getting through the day, if you don't have mental strength, resilience, adaptability, and health, then none of these other things are going to get any attention. You think they're going to fix these things and, and be able to do any lasting improvements in any of these areas if everybody's mental health is crumbling? <laughs> no, I don't think so. So um, I think we need a new kind of awakening where we do not stigmatize mental illness and we just say what it is. You know, I'm suffering from blankety blank 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 and that's just like saying I have diabetes I have high blood pressure I have cancer okay you're not ashamed to say that it's a physical illness why would you be ashamed to say when you have a mental or emotional illness hmm? have you ever thought about that what's the difference an illness is an illness it's something that we struggle with and other people who care about us and even strangers should be rooting for us and hoping that we can do better and get well and heal ourselves and learn coping skills and yada 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 but you know that isn't how it's going these days not really because that whole movement has been um where there's just like a couple of things that all the spotlight is on those couple of things and and not like anybody else yeah and and the mental health thing it's huge kids should be knowing these things that we're talking about high school kids you know starting like ninth tenth grade um talking about self-sabotaging and what is healthy and what are ethics and why do people need them and what is a conscience and what is empathy? What kinds of empathy are there? Emotional and cognitive empathy. Why should people have empathy for one another? Um, the importance of service and tolerance and, and support of your fellow man and blah, blah, blah. We should have those conversations because maybe they're not happening at home and people are just oblivious and they're just going around struggling mightily. Um, so I think that we, this awakening is one that's less focused on targeted groups and their agendas and replaced by an all-inclusive human race initiative. That's what I like to call it, an all-inclusive human race initiative. It will be designed to help us survive the days to come um, with faith and virtue and ethics and all that good stuff. The self-serving, mentally ill narcissist and psychopaths will be pushed to the fringes where they will be identified for what they are and guided to use their condition in some useful way. Okay, so they can't really have relationships. They will never be capable of having 
emotional empathy or positive uh, intimacy or love or commitment or fidelity or any of those things for anybody, they should stay out of relationships. If they want to have a relationship, have it with another narcissist, you know, two narcissists together, match made in somewhere, right? Um, they should like leverage their talents because a lot of them have incredible talents, but we should know what they are so that hapless uh, victims don't stumble along and think they've hit the jackpot and end up having their lives destroyed, right? Because they should be identified and outed, <laughs> you know, uh, somehow, you know, that, that that's what they are. And so this one is not good for relationships. So don't go over there. Don't do that. Uh, but wow, look at their, look at their ability to do artwork. Wow, what a great artist. Or look at their ability to do whatever it is that they do and applaud them for that. I mean, they are they are deserving of equity too, the mentally ill and cluster B people are mentally ill. They're just trying to survive like everyone else, but they cause such harm. And we certainly do not want to elevate them and emulate them. We do not want to elevate or emulate them no why would you do that that is crazy so um what else do i have here that i want to share with you um this whole self-serving mentality in narcissists and psychopaths must be pushed to the to just you know to a place where everybody can see that it's completely selfish and self-serving and that they have nothing on a personal relationship level to really offer. The rest of us will rise up and stand together to tackle the problems and these existential dilemmas threatening humanity right now for the survival of the planet. Let's, you know, let's, I think we should get woke in this new reality because I think in a lot of ways we're running out of time, aren't we? Everything that's happening seems to be, um, well, this is March 2023. Here where I live in Silicon Valley, one of the biggest banks just closed. There were armed guards with guns in army fatigue standing around the building to keep people from breaking in, I guess, and trying to get their money. The people could not access their money. They couldn't make a withdrawal. The ATMs were not operational. The bank was closed. Their money was not accessible. And that just happened today. You know things were probably going to get worse. And you know that we're in for some pretty rough times when it comes to extreme weather events. There's been death with floodings and um, fallen trees. And, you know, <laughs> I, I live on top of the San Andreas Fault. I keep waiting for, for like any day now, the big one's going to come. And I, I'm, I'm from Texas. I know y'all hear it in my accent. I, I was, um, have been in Texas almost my whole life. And I was in Austin, Texas, woohoo, Austin for like a long time and just got here. And now since I got here, it's just extreme climate 
weather events every day, pretty much. Where's all that beautiful best weather in the world that's supposed to happen where I live, I'm wondering. So there's just so many things that are happening right now that are not normal. And some people say, oh, well, we are in transition. We are transitioning to a higher level of vibration, fifth dimension. Everything's, we're evolving into something better, but there's going to have to be, um, you know, pain and bloodshed to get to that place. And I'm like, yikes, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. And then other people are talking about the plates shifting and the poles flipping and like apocalyptic end of days, kind of like uh, solar uh, magnetosphere stuff happening. Yeah, how about that? And then there's the political stuff with the war. And then there's the pandemic, which isn't over. There's people that are getting COVID and dying. I had long COVID. I was sick for a whole year. I'm just now getting where I would say I'm 85% recovered, but I'm not recovered. The things that happened to me, I had long COVID and it was, I mean, there were so many things that went haywire that you just wouldn't associate with COVID. But then I got in long COVID groups through Stanford and other um, groups. And, you know, I found out there's just a lot of other people with these same weird symptoms as me, you know, GI trouble and skin rashes and hives and, and bone pain and um, just weird things, you know, in addition to the blood clots and the heart troubles and all of that, you know, is real. So you just have like all these things happening. Something's got to give. On top of it all, here come these narcissists and psychopaths and sociopaths, and they're just taking advantage of all of this. This is like uh, the perfect environment for them. They're loving it. They're loving it. So let's be aware. Let's learn. Let's be um, let's be educated about what is happening and and what these people with these mental health issues. There's just so much to this. There's layer and layer and layer. And I think personally, we need to take the time to inform ourselves. I do. I think that knowledge is power. And, you know, I've been a teacher my whole life. Of course, I think knowledge is power. I, I really believe that's true. And I think we have a responsibility to know things, to help ourselves and to help our loved ones, to protect them, to teach them, to guide them to higher ground, to be the light, right? So to lead them out of the darkness. And these are dark days, everybody. You know they are. It's pretty scary what's happening. You can feel it. And so if you have a narcissist that has crushed you and stolen your brain, <laughs> you know, and you're struggling to, like, recover from that, my heart goes out to you because I'm right there with you. And, you know, it'll be four years this June. And, um, you know, I, I don't know when you get to the point where um, the interjects are totally gone and you're totally have eradicated any trace of that contamination that they did to you or that you have restored like you, you can't re 
cover because you're not going back to get something from the past and reclaim it. No, 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 no. Narcissistic abuse recovery is about creating a new self because the old one, you know, that person doesn't exist. Who you were before this narcissistic relationship with this narcissist or psychopath or sociopath, that person you were before, gone. They don't exist anymore. And you still have them. They're still living in your head until you figure out how to deal with that. It's a challenge. I know this. And I believe that through learning what has happened and understanding all of it on a deep level is going to give us the power to catch it, to grab it and say, no, no, stop, <laughs> you know, stop. I command you to stop, you know, and do whatever you need to do to, um, to end it, to end the crazy and to try to have sanity and, equity and health and love and faith and hope and ethics and morals and virtue and vision and all those things that we used to have. People say, oh, I think about the old days and they were horrible. People cheated and they lied and they steal, stole and they were awful too. They just didn't talk about it. We didn't have social media to broadcast it. I'm sorry, but I know that people did some of those things, but it's not, that's not true. That's, that's a, what kind of um, <laughs> false logic is that? Is that a red herring or a straw man argument or I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've been a debater, but whatever it is, that argument is, is lame. It's weak. It's doesn't work. That's not true. It's different now. It's different now, and people are have are different. We had real heroes back then that were good guys. Who's our hero now? Who do we look to now? So things are different. You just have to just accept that, and let's try to, you know, make things better, and try to get through this day, this week, and try to um, do the internal work on ourselves to learn and to be stronger, and to be freer from all of this. So, okay, that's it, guys. Um, I will see you next time. Until then, um, much love to you. Okay, bye.